0: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you one bad mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, what I don't know about ADHD could fill a podcast. We talk to Dr. Noreen Russell about supporting differently wired kids. Plus, Fiz has a birthday
1: coming up. Woo! So, my two kids, who are 18 months and four and a bit, are in the Moderna vaccine trial. And... Oh, we did a lot of work. Every time they have a runny nose, every time they have a cough, every time they have fever, I have to call them and I have to take them in and I have to get checked and I have to get swabbed and I have to pull out a log. Oh, my goodness, anybody who doubts what they go through to to make these vaccines does not know what they're talking about. But anyway, (laughs) today was their last blood draw for it. The cohort that needed three blood draws and today was the last one. And I took them both myself. And it took almost two hours. And it was super long because they're nurse called in sick, and there's a nurse shortage, which I know because I'm a nurse too. <laughs> so we were there for two hours for what should have taken probably like half an hour. Um, and we were in a little tiny exam room, and I hadn't brought enough things for them to do. But I got through it. They both screamed and cried when they got their blood drawn. And the little one wanted to be held by me because he was upset that his brother was screaming and crying when his brother was getting his blood drawn. So it was just ugh, such a mess. But I got through it. And now I'm going to go make cookies with my mom. And then I have just a unicorn of an afternoon and that I don't <laughs> have anyone at home with me. So I can, I don't know, do laundry or something. So just wanted to call and check in and say I am doing a great job today. And so are you. Thank you for the show. Bye.
0: Boing. I think my eyes just popped out of my head. Okay, I, I got a list. One, you are doing a great job. Good Lord, you are doing a great job. Two, thank you for being a nurse. Thank you. I, I, that's a lot of work. And it probably grotesquely underappreciated. So I, thank you. And you are part of the Moderna vaccine trial. Thank you. I, you're, I, I truly thank you. And I truly thank your kids who probably don't understand how important what they're doing is. I just, I'm, that sounds like a ridiculous amount of work on top of all the other things that are work. So I see you. I am glad you had a afternoon free of people in your house. You deserve that. You fill it with anything you like. If laundry is totally your bag, then go for it. If laying down in the fetal position on the couch, watching something awful and stupid is also your bag, I hope you did that too. Good job. You're just wonderful. You're wonderful. Thank you. Speaking of wonderful, it's time for thank yous. All right, we are just a week or so into January, following winter break, and I don't know where you are in the country as you listen to the show, but I guarantee you there was a moment where you panicked that school would not start again, and in some cases it didn't start, and in other cases it started, but you're like, should it have started? <laughs> Did we deliberate? Right? And then other times it was like. We're going to start, but surprise, we're going to start three days later than we are. Or we're going to start, but you're going to have to get some testing. Or it's going to start, and we're going to provide testing, but at only one location for the entire district. So don't make any plans that day except to sit. And that's just with school. That Work. uh, uh, This happened with work and offices and all sorts of things. This was not a relaxing end to winter break. Biz, where are you going with this? Okay, well, here's where I'm going with this. One, I want to give a big thank you to the people out there testing for COVID. This is a thankless job. You are either sticking something up somebody's nose and swabbing it around which, let's all be honest, that used to be something that you would have found highly personal and only done in the privacy of your doctor's office, maybe even a specialist. Now, we just line up on the corner, I mean on the corner, if there is a little pop-up tent, and just let people stick it right up our nose. Or we do it ourselves, and these, these wonderful people have to watch us swab it around. One, two, three... Four. And I'm like, I count faster than that. I don't want to wait to get to seven. And then they take your swab and they put it in the little tube and they label it. And they, like it is amazing to me that this uh, actually happens every day, multiple times a day. So thank you to everybody who is collecting COVID tests. I appreciate you a lot. Thank you, teachers. You came back. I appreciate it. And if you didn't come back, well, I got to tell you, you I'm going to guess that you had some reasons, and I support those reasons, because you have the right to be safe in your school just as much as our kids do. So which whichever way it fell, wherever you are in the world, thank you, because it is a lot we expect from you. And I really appreciate you. As always, thank you to everyone in the medical profession. Wow, we didn't make it a relaxing holiday. Sorry about that. You are wonderful, and I appreciate you. And hey, travel, people responsible for helping you get from A to B. Wow, what a herd of Omicron breathing, nose-picking, unhappy, unhappy, unhappy people. Just came tearing right through your bus stations, your airports, in your Ubers or your cabs, wherever. Thank you for not just shutting the doors in our faces. I appreciate that. Everybody, I just encourage us all to run around thanking people. Just I, There's a huge list of people I'm not thanking. Even though I'm thanking them every time I walk down the street. So thank you, everyone. Who's making the day to day even remotely possible during what is still a pandemic? (laughs) Speaking of things that never go away, I'm getting older. My (laughs) birthday. I liked that joke. Gabe just gave me a kind of a look. Okay, thank you, Gabe. My birthday. I can remember, I've been doing this show a while, guys. I can remember when I was like, you think you're 36, but you're 42. When I used to sing that little song on the show. Now I'm just 40, about to be 48. <laughs> There's no song. There's no song. I'm going to save the next song for 50. Will I ring in 50 on One Bad Mother? Is that how, is this, is this where we're going? Oh, man, that's going to become a different show. So I'm excited. I am happy to announce that I am in a place where birthdays aren't ruined anymore by myself, you know, being like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know. I don't care. I can't think of anything to ask for. I can think of things now, and I've made lists, and I've sent those lists out and about to the people who may potentially purchase things off that list. My birthday falls on a Thursday. Not going to do anything special because it's a Thursday and that's okay. And I'm not longing to do anything special. Why? Because I've been trapped in this house for a really long time with my family, and I don't need to make that any more special than it already is. So happy birthday to me. I think the gift that I'm getting this year is that I am no longer floundering in birthdays. Like, I'm comfortable that I have a birthday. I feel like I'm in a place where I am not going to be disappointed one way or the other. I just am very happy with where I am today. 48 is a fine age. I'll always be younger than my sister. Love you, Helen Michelle. Speaking of excitement and big feelings, today we are going to be talking with Dr. Noreen Russell about ADHD. this week i am very excited to be speaking to dr noreen russell who began russell coaching in 2009 her passion for providing support to frustrated students and wary parents is fueled by her own experience of raising two complex children who are both neurologically atypical with 20 years of experience creating positive youth development and parenting education programs dr russell has extensive knowledge of child development learning styles special needs and positive parenting philosophies. She blends this knowledge to provide students and parents with comprehensive support and the tools they need to grow and thrive. Welcome, I'm gonna say Dr. Russell, and then I'm shifting to Noreen. (laughs) Good, I'm very glad to hear that. Yes,
2: no need to stand on ceremony. We're not gonna be formal. I don't think that's in keeping with the show, is it? No.
0: So you've heard it. Anyway, welcome, welcome. Before we get into all the things I don't know about anything, I would like to know who lives in your house. I think that maybe the most interesting
2: response to this is what lives at my house. So I did not know you asked this question, but immediately (laughs) I have to say that what lives at my house is a perpetual state of broken items. half eaten items and lost items. Mm. So I think every parent can relate to that, but especially parents of kids who are differently wired. Mm. Yeah, I think I can say this. The people who live at my house (laughs) are my husband, a man, my two children, a boy and a girl. They are 13 and 11 respectively. One dog, we're Mm. sounding pretty normal so far, aren't we? what's the dog's gender? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, that is that is a hot topic at our house these days. It certainly is. Um, but I believe that the dog is a neutered female. We have not heard otherwise. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. But we do, we have many conversations currently with two middle school children about yeah gender, sexual orientation. And in some cases, I have been fortunate to get a daily update over Christmas break about my children's thinking about these issues. So that's wonderful.
0: um, Yeah. Thank God for (laughs) Teresa. I know, right? (laughs) Thank God for Teresa. Right. Seriously. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Okay.
2: So we were, we were sounding pretty normal there. And then um, now, right now we only
0: have three cats. I have three cats. Kids, yes, I don't think that's very um, reassuring to me. No. Oh, yeah, no, especially since okay. I just freaked out and bought all-new cat box, cat litter, everything, because my father informed me I smelled like a cat the other day. Our old cat is not well. Anyway, all right, three cats and a dog. Now, that was my childhood, and look at me. Here I am. I want to get into some of the work that you do, and I want to start, you, you do do a lot of things, and a lot of those things, and you have experience in a lot of areas. I would like to ask you specifically about ADHD. That has been sort of a, a diagnosis that's been around probably, well, I'll ask you, how long has that diagnosis been around? Well, it's had many different names, Yeah, but I think the recognition
2: of the fundamental problem of dysregulation has been around at least 40 years.
0: Yeah, okay. That sounds about right, because I think I started hearing about it in my universe as I was leaving high school, right? Like as I was, right? So like everybody's little sibling or, you know, I'd go to camp and be a counselor and like you'd start to hear that. Going around. So I've just allowed myself to go for years, uh, just sort of making up what I think it is based on, you know, what I've seen on TV or heard from friends and, you know, rumors. And because it hasn't, it hasn't crept into my house yet, despite how many people look at my youngest. Anyway, what is ADHD? Okay. I have the answer to this. Well, we
2: are going to do your listeners such a great service today. (gasps) We're going to talk about what are the requirements to receive a diagnosis of ADHD. And then we are also going to talk about what is the real impairment of ADHD. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. In order to receive an ADHD diagnosis, there are three criteria. One is... Trouble focusing, being distracted, having a hard time staying tuned into what you're supposed to be tuned into. Now, oh my gosh, the myths we could go on and on about. I know. Many parents, many citizens of our esteemed, well educated country believe this means that if a child can pay attention to anything, they don't have ADHD.
0: But we're gonna talk about that in one minute. Okay, good. Cause I have the opposite question of that, which is the what kid can sit still?
2: <laughs> oh, yes. Well, that is also true. Right. Right. Okay. Right.
0: Keep going. Okay. Sorry, yeah.
2: So criteria number one, trouble focusing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Criteria number two, impulsivity.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Criteria three, which sometimes is in existence and sometimes isn't, is hyperactivity, which can be mm-hmm. physical or verbal. Oh. Now, you raise an interesting
0: question. Aren't we all at right? times, right? Okay. Cause, and I want to say that, prefacing that this is one of those times I'm stepping in it, because yep. to say that is very dismissive. And mm-hmm. there's that whole lackadaisical, I haven't had kids yet, I haven't been around kids yet, or, you know, it's the, pre- I'll never give my child an iPad. And now, you know, right, we all go through it. But this is one of those areas where it was like, aren't they all just drugging our children out of? Right. Like, Okay. So let's right. take me
2: through it. Right. So what we know is that, of course, every human being, <laughs> every human brain can be distracted at times. But thanks to the knowledge gleaned over years, decades of research, we know what is sort of the normative or typical Mm. ability to attend to things. We know what is the typical ability to control impulses and to, for example, we're going to go right there to sit in a seat at school. Now, that's where we gauge, does the child have ADHD? Because if the child really does not meet those roughly age appropriate expectations, and if those symptoms cause problems, right, they cause impairment, that's when there's a disorder. The mere fact that you got distracted today does not create a disorder, but a systemic, ongoing inability to pay attention when you want to pay attention, when you should be paying attention, when you're trying, if you will, to pay attention, yeah. that is a disorder. So I think it's complicated for people because there's not this sort of nuance with like cancer or a broken bone, well, right? right. Have it it's broken, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. But we did really create the same problem with anxiety, right? As a generation of parents, we got phobic of any anxiety, right? And we failed to differentiate normal feelings of tension, stress, anxiety from an anxiety disorder. And we all huddled around our children and said, we don't ever want them to have any anxiety. And so there are parallels to other problems. And one can also have things like, borderline high blood pressure, where, you know, there is a standard there and you could fall kind of right on the cusp of it. Now, more helpful, I think, is to think about this the way Russell Barkley explains it. And many people in the field of pediatrics, psychiatry, psychology have adopted this. ADHD is not a problem of not being able to focus your attention. It is a problem where the brain does not automatically regulate attention. So I don't know. I can't speak for you. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. You know, I don't know. But right now, my brain has automatically tuned into this podcast. My brain is not distracted, even though right outside my window, there's often a family of cardinals. And right Right. on my desk (laughs) is a bag of pretzel M&Ms. And right on my desk is my phone with the unfinished New York Times crossword puzzle. But my brain is automatically regulating my attention. The problem in people who have ADHD is that their brain doesn't automatically regulate the attention. And there's really no amount of trying to pay attention that works on a long-term consistent basis. So it's not so much people think, oh, kids or people with ADHD can't pay attention. It really is a problem of self-regulation and brain regulation.
0: Does that distinction make sense? Yes. (laughs) That description was incredibly helpful when it came to understanding how our brain, like what what it means to have our brains regulate our focus and where our attention is. That leads me to a question, is there one ADHD or are there different like levels? I mean, I, I feel like there are lots of spectrums out there when it comes to a variety of ways that we can be wired differently. Does that apply to ADHD or is it just one thing?
2: Right. So I will say that I think it's less spectrum-y than Mm -hmm. something, for example, like autism, where if you've met one child with autism, you've met one child with autism, right? Right. (laughs) Now, I'm not sure who in their infinite wisdom decided that we should get rid of the diagnostic labels of ADD versus ADHD and move to the diagnostic label of AD. HD with, or without hyperactivity.
4: Oh,
2: okay. You can see how this could be confusing for people like, and so many, many parents still make a point of telling me they have ADD. They're not hyperactive. So there is, I think very much an clear understanding that there are different presentations. You know, you have that ADHD that has the hyperactivity that can be physical hyperactivity, restlessness, or verbal. And then there is a presentation of what we still do call ADHD that is more inattentive. And often those kids, and this is not well established yet in the literature, have sort of a sluggish cognitive tempo. Mm -hmm. Um, In other words, Their brain just kind of slugs through information really slowly. And so I'm wondering and wishing I could tell the future, you know, are we going to end up with two different diagnostic labels, one that includes the hyperactivity where there is this sort of racing element and one that describes a more inattentive sluggish cognitive tempo.
0: I'm not sure. That's interesting That because I have friends as adults. I feel like there's this wave of adults who are suddenly discovering that they have ADHD and it is like it just suddenly makes everything make more sense. And they don't feel like they were, you know, however they felt coming out of it. And focus is a big one. And then... The other was, I had this friend and she and I can take in the same information and the way my brain works, it's already blah, 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 blah. For her, she gets there, but she needs to look at it from a variety of different, it's just, it's a river, it's a nice river, while mine is a water gun fight, right? (laughs) I'm not sure Who, you know, we both have it good and bad when it comes to that. So hearing that sluggishness, that is an interesting addition to what I know of as ADHD. Is there, here's an obnoxious question. Do you fix it? How do you like, God, that is the worst question I could ask. You're welcome, everybody. I, you know, but like, is it, is there... One way to, I know there's medication and I also know that there's sort of practices like learning different practices of how to approach things. Yeah, there you go. That was kind of a question. Okay. So if I give you the answer to that question, can we um, (laughs) insert
2: it into every American parent's head? Yes. You're welcome. We'll start with five of us. Okay. (laughs) Great. (laughs) You know what? Here is something that I don't think people know about ADHD. There are scientific practices, scientific best practices for diagnosing and treating ADHD that work. Most of the time what parents get is this sort of, they get kind of handed what I call the ADHD menu. Well, you could try
0: lavender. Well, you could try brain-training. Well, you could try talking lavender, to a devil. I just kind of love that somebody's like, you're going to get a lavender candle, and okay. we're going to play the most relaxing playlist, and right. problems are all solved. right? All good. Right. Five-year-old. And
2: if that doesn't work, we're going
0: to get you some kind of
2: beeping, vibrating watch.
0: Yeah. What is that supposed to do? Okay, never mind. Okay, sorry, I'm not going to, whatever. Okay. Let's get back to the science. Okay. Science tells us
2: very, very clearly that what children ages four through 21 need is multimodal therapy. Okay. So these are words. These are words. These are words. Multimodal therapy. Okay. You need more than one thing in order for your kid to have the best possible outcome. So you need medication, okay. parent training and education, Ooh. and a school plan.
0: Okay. And when they get
2: to be teenagers, they need skills
5: training.
0: Okay. Skills. Skills. Like study skills, like that kind, like school skills or like life skills? Well,
2: fancy people would call them executive functioning skills.
0: Okay. Thank you, fancy. I'm very fancy okay. in my sweatshirt. And bedroom slippers. So, you know, they have pom-poms on them. So they're Mm. fancy slippers. Okay. I understand the three things you've just said. The medication, parenting education, school plan, with with a little tag on later in high school. I want us to shift to being a parent because you've just listed three things that you know i'll just be on. it's hard it's hard look it's hard noreen we're like sometimes you can't even get through the day just trying to get like a sandwich made and when you've got kids that are more or wired differently and it's just i honestly all children will slowly break your spirit <laughs> but some are able to chip away at it a little faster and so like when I hear parent education, I love the thought of parent education. As sounds like work. I also like I in my best intentions, I'm very tired and broken. So I know that those are things I need to do, but I how how do you make me feel better? Because <laughs> because like it's really it's hard. It's hard. It's relentless. It's tiring. It's it can feel like I've done something wrong or somehow it's my fault or everybody's judging everybody, you know, I didn't act, I should have acted. Please fix parenting. (laughs) Okay.
2: Um, (laughs) I've got a magic wand for that. I will say that I think one of the best antidotes to all of those demanding messages in our head that we sometimes hear from other people, but I think we often hear in our own heads Yes, is becoming more educated, right? Because if you understand that ADHD is primarily a genetically passed down condition and that there is not much in how you Ate or didn't eat organic broccoli when you were pregnant, or right. you know where your surrogate lived during the last month of their pregnancy, right. or if your child was adopted. You know, ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder, and so I, I truly believe that reading more about ADHD from high-quality science-based sources yes. will help tremendously. Okay, and that alleviates, I think, so much of that noise in our head of, well, what if I did this wrong? Or what if I did this wrong? Or I could just fix this or I should be able to. And it's like, no, no, friend, listen, the goddamn craziness of the ADHD is not going anywhere. The American <laughs> Academy of Pediatrics says very clearly yes. this is a chronic health condition and should be treated as such. Chronic health condition. So, While it may give some people some, I don't know, a little frisson of depression to say, listen, you're going to deal with this until your kid is an adult. I think it also gives us some peace of mind and some clarity,
0: which I love the clarity
2: compared to the noise.
0: Actually, yeah, no, I agree. I I do think it's sort of like the adult who gets the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Now I understand. Now I know. Now I've got something to work with there are less questions. I can find tools. I can find support. I can find community. And I agree. I do think education and having the right language, I mean, going back to thanking Teresa, being introduced to language that I wasn't aware of when it came to gender has altered my life and the life of my family. And so having having language is so key. So What do you think parents who come to you and parents who are experiencing this, what do you think they struggle with the most? And what do you think, like, how can they be supported? the Like, what should I, what can I say? What kind of flowers do they like? (laughs) Which casserole do you say? What pizza delivery do you need me to call for you tonight? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly.
2: Please send the food, right? I think that what parents wrestle with the most is that, okay. And this is a terrible word, but this is the word that's used. So I'm going to use it, but then we're going to unpack it. Okay. The child's performance Mm. or their behavior, which what we really are saying are their symptoms are variable day to day. So just like your kid with asthma could be wheezing horribly one day, maybe the air quality is poor, maybe there are more allergens, maybe they're tired, there's lots of reasons. And then the next day, they could be perfectly free from wheezing, right? Mm -hmm. This is the part that drives parents, teachers, pretty much anyone who interacts with a kid with ADHD crazy, because it's like, Well, yesterday you were able to focus. Yesterday you didn't pull that boy's hair. Yesterday you didn't jump off the slide and need 16 stitches at my school, right? Ah. So why today? Pull it together. (laughs) Pull it together. Just focus. Come on, six-year-old, focus. (laughs) Right, right. It is this inconsistency. And again, I think... There's so much wisdom out there truly in the field. And what people say is ADHD is not a disorder of knowing. It is a disorder of doing. It is a disorder of self-regulation. Mm. If you ask my children, is it right or wrong to pour the glue all over the garage floor and then leave it? Oh, they would absolutely tell you. Oh, yes, Miss Biz that is the wrong thing to do, Miss Biz. Yes, yes. and Good. I should clean it up, Miss Biz. Yes. <laughs> Why did you do it? No effing clue, right? Especially from my eleven-year-old who loves swearing like her mama. Yes. No effing clue, mom. No right. effing clue. Why did you ride the bike into the mailbox? I don't know. I don't know because it was an impulse, right? Yeah. The symptom of the disorder is impulsivity. The definition of impulsivity is doing things without thinking about it. Therefore, we as adults in these kids' lives need to understand there was no thinking about it. There was the symptom of impulsivity. And that is the part that I think drives parents crazy. Because one day, or possibly for 30 minutes in one day, your kid is sitting there, Oh, you know, they're reading. Oh, praise Allah. They're reading, you know, they're playing nicely with their siblings, you know, whatever. And then the next minute they're like, you know, creating an entire mess in the kitchen or spilling glue in the garage. That inconsistency leads us to believe that if they tried harder, they could control it. And sometimes when we raise our voices and we yell and we make the consequences very dire. They can momentarily control it, but that's not a fix really. And so that's the part that I think we as professionals don't do a good enough job yet explaining to parents like one day, one hour, one minute, they're going to look like their symptoms are out of control. And the next minute you could see a child who looks like, who that child has ADHD. I don't see it, but that inconsistency is a hallmark of ADHD. So I think that is the biggest piece that parents struggle with, along with thinking, because this is, I think, in large part, what the education system still believes. Yeah. Well, they're not trying, they're not motivated. And if we look at what neurological research shows us, we know that the motivation center of the ADHD brain does not light up as strongly as in a neurotypical brain. I don't know about you, Biz, but if my motivation center didn't wake up and tell me, get your ass out of bed, get dressed, <laughs> feed the children, something could yeah. be fake, right? Right. I'm not sure that I would wake up and do that, right? Like I, I need that neurological push, right? right? Am I conscious of it? No, I'm not conscious of it. But I think we really do ADHD kids and especially teenagers a disservice when we say they're lazy.
0: Yeah. I think listening- listening to all that you've just said, A, from a parenting perspective, that's exhausting. That's like pivot on 5,000. I mean, that's just like, it's living in crisis mode all the time, almost. And that's, that's impossible. That's really awful. I see you. (laughs) Sounds horrible. But then also, let's say I'm a parent who's finally accepted that this is, (laughs) This is the world I live in, and that does not come easy and isn't something that happens overnight. If your support group, like your own parents or your own teachers, like, I can see that you're not disciplining enough. You're not – they're not trying hard enough. They're late, right? Like, that sort of robbing parents of knowing what's actually best for their kid or what they – they know. And I feel like that would just add a level of feeling unsupported for the, for parents. So I, wow, clearly there's a not a lot more I need to learn about this. So I want to wrap up on something that doesn't break me more. How can we support ourselves and the people in our lives who are dealing with this and living with this?
2: Okay. Can we hit repeat on this over and over again? Yes. These are the words Oh my gosh, Stephen has ADHD. Oh my gosh, I just went to the doctor and I think Maddie has ADHD. Friend, mother, sister in law, fellow human being. Wow, that sounds like pretty significant news.
0: Tell me more. Ooh, wait, are you sure I shouldn't then respond? with all of these dumb things I've said already? Are you sure? Like just coming from a place of not knowing anything. Are you sure, Are you sure I shouldn't say, Why, oh, really? Say it, say it again. Say it again so I can practice. Wow, that sounds
2: pretty significant. You could use the word important. Yep. That sounds pretty significant.
0: Tell me more about that. Okay, that sounds really significant tell me more about that. Okay. All right. This is good. Yeah, this is good. Oh, I love knowing things to say.
2: It's as easy as that. And then you're going to listen because remember we listen in the person who is of focus. Those of us on the outside, we listen in, right? You don't get to talk if, if you're not, the expert and the person experiencing it, right? You don't get to share about the brand of lavender you bought. Right. And so tell me more about that. It sounds hard. Is it hard for you? What should I know as your friend? What should I know as your mom?
0: Yeah. What would be two or three helpful things for me to do? Oh my God. I love you. It's so good. And I mean, I know we're talking very specifically about this, but after doing the show for, you know, essentially 10 years, it's so, it's so, my child's not sleeping through the night. Oh, try this. Or as opposed to saying, God, that sounds awful. Tell me more. Or how are you? Or I see you. These things with our best intentions, we can miss out on actually supporting the people we're trying to support.
2: I think that is what we want to do Mm -hmm. and what people are trying to do when they offer up something they've heard or the story about the neighbor's kid or anything. They are trying to say, I want to connect with you about this. But in their efforts to connect, they're more talking at instead of listening to. And it's that listening to part and asking the right questions that I think is so vital. And I will say this is also true at school. When your child has a new teacher at school or a new guidance counselor, let's say you're the teacher or the guidance counselor. The question that parents and caretakers want to be asked is, how does ADHD affect your child? What would you like me to know about your child, and their ADHD. Ooh,
0: this is so good. I appreciate you. (laughs) I I appreciate you. And I appreciate you coming on and sharing this. I mean, what is just a fraction of the information that I'm sure you could be sharing with us at this point. So I I just want to say thank you. We will link everyone up to where they can find out more information about you. But I think as well, any resources um, that you think would be helpful, we'd love to include. I also, you'll, everybody go to the show notes. We're going to quote, we're going to be quoting Noreen here on what to say. Where is that t-shirt, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us and for doing the work that you do. Thank you so much. Biz, it was great to be here with you. It really
2: was. I told Teresa I was nervous about coming on, but what a delight to spend this time with you and to feel heard and seen in my work. So thank you. All
0: right, have a wonderful new year and enjoy all the things living in your house. (laughs) Thank you. All right, happy new year to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Bombas. Bombas' mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone who's in need. If there was an anthem of One Bad Mother, this would be it. One Bad Mother listeners, we need comfortable clothes don't we? I especially need their socks. I love their socks so much, and they've got the most comfortable and amazing socks for kids as well, with the little grippies, so you don't do the slippies. <laughs> and they last forever. And I love that for every item you buy, they will donate one to those who are in need. So go to bombas.com badmother and get 20% off any purchase. That's B O M B A S dot com slash bad mother for 20% off. Bombas dot com slash bad mother. One bad mother is supported in part by Dipsy. If you're thinking about making a resolution this year, how about instead of depriving yourself? You focus on providing for yourself, woo! I am a Dipsy fan. As a parent, it can be very hard to find time for yourself. And you know what I'm talking about. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories. It allows you just to close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things can happen and pleasure is your only priority. This is something we should be shouting from the top of the mountains. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com badmother. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsea storiescom badmother. That's dipsystories.com badmother. Genius me, me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay, I will. Guess what I got for Christmas? Roller skates. (laughs) They are beautiful. They're sneaker style. High top sneaker style. They are pink and blue. The wheels are pink with some glitter. They are magnificent, and I love them. And soon, as my helmet, knee pads, elbow pads, and wrist guards arrive, I am going to get out there and roller skate. Biz, have you ever roller skated before? When I was 12. I am sure it will come back to me very naturally. No matter what, it has brought me great joy to even look at the roller skates. So I'm taking that for the win.
3: <laughs> hey Biz, this is a genius. And in fact, it's, it's a trifecta because the same incident has resulted in me calling you with a fail and a rant, but now a genius. So you may recall that I had decided to make for my husband's 40th birthday, biscuits and sausage gravy. Initially, I forgot sausage. whoopsie doopsie! So I went and got sausage. Then later realized, whoopsie doopsie! forgot the milk. This was a rather bigger deal because of the timing of the discovery as the lack of milk. So I was very upset about it. But then you know what I remembered? We had evaporated milk. And that shit worked just fine. <laughs> so I made gravy with evaporated milk, and the color was a little different. <laughs> Um, my delightful husband asked me if I was making Dolce & <laughs> Um but it tasted like regular gravy. He's, he's not an asshole. He was just being silly. And so I think, uh, yeah, ultimately, I was a genius because we had the evaporated milk. And so I could use that to make the special sausage gravy to celebrate his birthday. So I was and am doing a great job, and so are you. Thanks for the show. You are doing a good job.
0: Yes, I did hear that rant and fail as I was going through the calls for the Genius Fail Spectacular. So it was very fun to wrap it all up with the genius. Also, biscuits and gravy, sausage, gravy and biscuit. I'm assuming there was a biscuit. Was a biscuit mentioned? I can't remember. But delicious. Good job. And you know what? This is the exact sort of thing you need celebrated. So you're doing an amazing job. Failures.
2: Fail. 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 Fail.
0: You suck. Fail me. me. Okay. I had not called my sister in like a long time. Like I keep thinking I need to call my sister. Hi, Helen. Michelle. I know you listen to the show. I need to call them for multiple reasons, not only just to catch up but to, you know, do some parental updates since they're out here now and find out how her writing is going, just in general. And every day I don't do it, I think, well, crap, I really need to do that. So that feels a bit like a fail. Uh, Helen, I I will call you soon, Helen Michelle.
5: (laughs) This is a fail. I am... First time mom to a six month old girl, and as happens when one has a baby, my hair had been falling out in clumps and it was halfway down my back, and her favorite plaything was my ponytail. Mm-hmm. So, when I finally had a day off, I went and I got a cute ass little bob, and it air dries super cute, and I was so excited. Until I realized I can't put it up at all, Uh and it is exactly within reach for her when I'm holding her. So now, instead of her pulling out clumps of my hair from my ponytail, or when I was naive enough to leave my long hair down, I have no way of protecting myself. (laughs) I am constantly under assault from my six-month-old daughter (laughs) because I got a cute-ass haircut. Hmm. You're doing a great job. I am not
0: you not are you sure obviously you're doing a great job at getting a cute ass haircut you're doing a terrible job limiting your child in what they can play with on your body <laughs> how dare you not allow your child to use your body as their own personal tug of war good lord you are failing
5: failing
3: the greatest mom I've ever known. I love
5: You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast, Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work. And comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Scene podcast here on Maximum Fun. I'm Lisa Hanawalt. And I'm Emily Heller.
2: Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the
3: rails since then. (laughs) Tune in to hear about... Low stakes neighborhood drama. Gardening. The sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle. Hot sauce. Addiction to TV and sweaty takes on celebrity culture. And the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it, no matter how gross. (laughs) There's
2: something for everyone on our podcast, Baby G geniuses hosted by us two horny adult idiots hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all every other week
0: on maximum
2: fun
1: geniuses,
0: all right everybody let's snuggle up and listen to a mom have a breakdown
4: hi biz and Teresa. whoever's listening this is a. Uh breakdown, rant, driving home from the grocery store at 8 o'clock at night by myself, and today was just a really hard day. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to start um, My daughter is in kindergarten, and everything's going great at school and with friends and whatnot, uh, except today was a, one of the first experiences of feeling like I'm
5: excluded,
4: and she was upset, and about a friend thing I just really took it to heart and I just felt so bad for her and it wasn't even a big deal and I know she'll get over it but it was just kind of my first taste of that Um, you know witnessing your child and feel excluded and kind of hurt and I just I just felt so bad and it just made me feel bad the whole day when we we had this birthday party in my left, it just felt horrible and and then you know and my three-year-old um at home too and she was at the party and she was just kind of having a typical three-year-old you know a few little meltdowns as a typical three-year-old and it was fine but it was just like something else to deal with and manage emotionally and then we got home and everyone was hungry because they didn't eat the food at the party because they didn't like the food and i don't know i just I, mostly i just felt really bad that my five-year-old felt sad and i just took it on for the whole day and it's eight o'clock at night i'm just coming up to the store and i'm just completely I don't know, having a hard time with the situation, I think I know that it's just the first of many, 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 many hard friendship things and social things and who knows what things to come and you can react this way every time or I will have (laughs) I will just be completely depleted, so I've got to figure out how to manage it, but it's really hard now I'm going home and um, my husband's watching the two kids and you know, I have to get them to bed, and it's just hard. <sighs> so I'm pulling in now. I'm sorry. I just feel better <laughs> thinking about it. I really appreciate your show. It's very therapeutic for me. I just really, really appreciate you guys, you're doing a great job. Thank you. Bye.
0: First of all, you're doing a great job. You really are. A lot happening here, and we're going to start with the the big thing, The the – Look, it sucks. We're going to have to watch our kids go through all kinds of things that are awful, that we don't want to witness. I don't like, And it's one of the things no one prepares you for. No one prepares you for like, oh, your kid is so cute. Look how cute. Everybody's great. Everybody's having a good, oh my God. Some kid was just a real jerk to my kid. And that has now triggered my entire social experience in the world. Okay? Like that, no one says, get ready. To deal with that, there's really no good way to try to avoid the feelings you're going to have when you see this happen. And every situation is different. In my situation, if you want to hear it, (laughs) if not, skip ahead 30 seconds, It's just that as soon as I realized they weren't carrying it around with them, like whatever had happened, it was something they were able to get through and then move on with the easier it was to watch. It was easier for me to find a way to respond, I'm sorry, that really probably does hurt. Did you have a chance to say anything? Are you hoping it works out? Oh, you guys are friends again? Well, that's fun. I mean, you keep your own little journal, parents, of, you know, your lists, good, bad. (laughs) Not a good parenting show. Anyway, something else you touched on is just that you... I'm going to call it emotional management, a.k.a. relentless beating of your emotions. You are every day, every, uh, Teresa used to say it all the time, the, it's impossible. Every day you start off and the day is really just this progression of jobs that you knew you had to do, unexpected jobs, jobs that you're halfway through and then you have to pivot on. During that entire time, you're being interrupted, not out of spite, just out of love. And you're absorbing your kids' emotional states. You have your own emotional states. Like you said, Yeah, you're at this party, and then you get home, and of course they're hungry. And guess who has to feed them? You. You still have to do that. And then you still have to do, and you still have to do, and then you still have to do, and then you still have to do. And simultaneously while trying to absorb and process feelings, uh, your sense of self, I don't know, whatever. So I I just want you to know you're doing such a good job. You're not alone. I see you. Your child is going to bounce right back from this, I bet. I see you and none of this is easy and there is no correct way to navigate it. No correct way to do it. You're just doing a good job. Oh, man, everybody. (laughs) Synchronicity, thy name is one bad mother sometime. After listening to our mom having a breakdown just about the sort of relentlessness of the emotions that you experience as a parent and the different things that we may or may not have been expecting as parents and talking with dr russell about adhd and in particular what it can feel like as a parent getting that diagnosis for your child and living with it that the need to support and listen to others is so critical so you know dr russell was right it's. It is the best intentions. We are trying our best to connect, but I think this notion. Say it. Say it to somebody who just tells you their kid is diagnosed with ADHD. You can say it to somebody who says my kid has come out as non-binary. You can say it to somebody who you know it just says I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh, that is you know. I mean, with the pregnancy one, don't be like that's must be. Difficult. <laughs> that is news. That is it. That's news. What is that like? Tell me more. Tell me more is such a good thing to say. And I hope we can also turn that sort of onto ourselves. That we will listen to ourselves and recognize when we're telling ourselves that something's hard, that something's too much, that something is really tiring is what did I, I was telling this to somebody the other day, that it's like you hit a wall and if you hit a wall in real life, you would just fall to the ground (laughs) and that is where you would lay. All done. But in parenting, you hit a wall and you have to just keep moving. So now you're moving forward, but you're pushing a giant wall with you. And there's probably a child attached to your pants leg somewhere, and somebody else is asking for food, even though they're a teenager, and they can get up and get their own food. All right. And works. (laughs) It's really a lot, everybody. And it's okay to feel like it's a lot. You're doing an amazing job. Let's go out and listen to each other. Let's go out and support each other. And just remember, you are very pretty and smart. So smart and funny. And you're doing a great job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.
5: I got to load
1: down mama blues. I got to slow down mama blues.
4: Gotta slow down Mama Blue, low down Mama Blue, Got to low down Mama Blue, gotta low down Mama Blue, You know that right.